This is Radio Romania International. You are listening to our one-hour broadcast in English for listeners in Western Europe and Africa. We can also be heard on the Internet at www.rri.ro channel 1. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and other social media platforms. Our programs are also available on TuneIn and via satellite Eurosat 16A on 11512 MHz vertical polarization azimuth 16 degrees east symbol rate 29950 mega symbols per second standard DVB S2 modulation 8 PSK Audio PID 510. We wish you good reception conditions. Hello, I'm Luca Mirasmian with the news. First, the top stories. The Romanian Foreign Minister Bogdan Aurescu will co-chair on Monday in Paris the third ministerial conference of the support platform for the Republic of Moldova, an ex-Soviet state with a majority Romanian-speaking population. During the Francophonie summit held in Tunisia, Romania has emphasized the serious impact on regional and global security and stability generated by Russia's military aggression against Ukraine. And Qatar will host, starting on Sunday for almost a month, the 22nd edition of the biggest football event of the world, the World Championship. The Romanian Foreign Minister Bogdan Aurescu will co-chair on Monday in Paris the third ministerial conference of the support platform for the Republic of Moldova, a permanent support tool created at the initiative of the Foreign Ministers of Romania, Germany and France this spring to mobilize the financial contributions of the international community and to support the necessary reforms for EU accession. According to the Romanian Foreign Ministry, Minister Aurescu will co-chair this event together with the Minister for Europe and Foreign Affairs of France, Catherine Colonna, and the Foreign Minister of Germany, Annalena Baerbock. The conference will enjoy the participation of the President of France, Emmanuel Macron, and the President of the Republic of Moldova, Maya Sandu. The meeting in Paris takes place in the context in which the Republic of Moldova is facing major energy, economic, humanitarian challenges and challenges to its resilience against the background of the brutal war of aggression waged by the Russian Federation against Ukraine. During the Francophonie summit held in Djerba in Tunisia, Romania has emphasized the serious impact on security and stability at the regional and global level generated by Russia's military aggression against Ukraine, as well as the particularly vulnerable situation of the Republic of Moldova, an ex-Soviet state with a majority Romanian-speaking population in this context. At the Conference of Heads of State and Government from the French-speaking countries, Romania was represented by presidential adviser Sergiu Nistor, the Francophonie representative of Romania's President Klaus Johannes. Sergiu Nistor emphasized the need to urgently address the issues of the risk of manipulation and propagation of false information, disinformation and narratives on social networks in the French-speaking digital space. 
He also highlighted Romania's solid contribution to the promotion of the French language and the values of the Francophony, underlining Bucharest's active commitment to international cooperation and assistance for development in the French-speaking space by financing programs carried out in the French-speaking Africa or in the member states of the International Organization of La Francophonie from Central and Eastern Europe. The representative of the President of Romania for Francophonie also highlighted the continuation of the main emblematic programs of La Francophonie run by Romania, such as the Eugen Ionescu Doctoral and Postdoctoral Scholarship Program, or the course intended for officers who will operate within the UN peacekeeping operations carried out in the Francophone areas. The World Football Cup in Qatar, the first to be held in the Middle East, starts today with the match between the representative of the host country and Ecuador in Group A. The final tournament in Qatar with 32 teams will have 64 matches, which will be hosted by eight stadiums, and it will end on December 18th. This final tournament will be the last with 32 participating teams, as from 2026, 48 countries will participate. The holder of the world title is France. Romania is not participating in this year's tournament. Instead, three Romanians will be present on the list of referees, Istvan Kovac in the center and Ovidiu Artene and Vasile Marinescu as assistant referees. Kovac was appointed the fourth official referee in the opening match. The press agencies note that, since Qatar was designated at the end of 2010 for the organization of this global event, it has been the constant target of numerous criticisms regarding accusations of corruption, inhuman working conditions for migrants, Criticisms related to the respect for the women's rights and the LGBT class community, as well as the impact on the environment. The accusations were categorically rejected by the authorities in Doha, who emphasized that they had reformed labor laws, as well as by the World Cup organizers, who gave assurances that members of the LGBT plus community would be accommodated without discrimination, despite laws that criminalize sexual relations between people of the same sex in this country. And that's the news. This is Radio Romania International broadcasting from Bucharest. Sunday Studio. Welcome, I'm Elena Enake. Thank you for joining me on the next minutes to take a look together at the most interesting features broadcast by the Radio Romania International's English section this past week. In society today, we approach the issue of teenage mothers and pregnant women in disadvantaged rural communities. Let's take a listen. Teenage mothers have 10% of all births in Romania. At the same time, 45% of births in the EU by girls under 15 occur in Romania. 
which beats every European measure in this index. This data comes from the Save the Children organization in a report that also makes the link between the level of education and the age of girls in disadvantaged rural communities who give birth. 85% of under 18 mothers and pregnant women are school dropouts, and most drop out before getting pregnant. One out of 10 admits that they have never been to school, and three-quarters of them stopped going to school before eighth grade. What is also very worrying is that four out of 10 mothers or expectant mothers do not access other medical services during their pregnancy than the family physician. One-third of future young mothers say that they never had a medical checkup, the main reason being lack of money. Half of their families have a monthly revenue of about 200 euro. At the same time, 80% of them have never used contraceptives, mostly for lack of information. These statistics from the Save the Children Foundation also show that three-quarters of the minors who give birth or are pregnant have relatives or acquaintances that gave birth while under 18 years of age. Also, one-third of them are themselves the daughters of minor mothers. As an example, in Solage in the northwest of the country, dozens of girls are supported by a special program built by a special working group created at the county level. With this program, minor mothers get medical, social, and education programs in order to integrate better into society. Here is Violeta Milash, Director of the Social Services and Child Protection Department of Solage. Majoritatea din mediul rural, mediul rural în care aceste tinere, aceste mame minore nu au documente de... Most of them are from the countryside. It is an environment in which these young women or children, these minor mothers, lack identity papers, birth certificates. Their families are gone elsewhere. When they go to the hospital to give birth, there is no birth certificate or ID papers. Registering a child is no problem. Based on these families' culture and education, giving birth at this age is normal. We had to first teach them some basic things related to hygiene and then try to get them to manage to raise their own children. In communities where there are trained social workers and community physicians, that is where we see results in the sense that they are monitored, that they are taught certain things, and the situation of these mothers gets easier. In Bucharest, the Ministry of Health reinstated a year ago, after a long absence, a structure to deal with the health of mothers and children. They are also working on setting up 200 integrated community centers nationally, placed in areas with vulnerable populations, offering them both medical and social services. However, as Health Minister Alexandru Rafila confirmed, in order for young mothers and expecting girls to have access to medical and social services, central authorities have to be in partnership with local ones.
We continue Sunday studio with the latest about holidays. Where can we go on holiday? Let's find out together. The autumn edition of Romania's Tourism Fair was held in Bucharest over November the 10th and the 13th. Visitors had the chance to find out about the most recent and the most interesting tourism offers. Participating in the fair were travel agencies, accommodation and leisure units, but also local tourism authorities, national or international. Apart from the promotions offered ahead of the coming winter holidays, travel aficionados could buy tourism packages for up to 50% off the market price. The event was jointly staged by the Rome Expo Exhibition Centre, Romania's Chambers of Commerce and Industry and Romania's Travel Agencies Owners Association. A biologist with the Iron Gates Nature Park Administration, Amalia Dumbrava, has invited us to explore protected area of national interest, lying in southwestern Romania, an area boasting a very special ethnic and biological diversity. We have come up with a cross-border project by means of which we promote nature heritage, but also cultural assets from Romania and Bulgaria. A series of virtual tours will be on offer as an invitation so that people may become aware of the beauty of the scenery and in a bit to invite people to explore the habitat of the nature parks of the protected areas. The project has kicked off already. The included assets have already been scanned in a 3D format using this specific technology and photogrammetry. Tourists can simulate a flight over our territory. There, where there is something they might be interested in, they can have a stopover at the 3D assets. Tekirjol is a Balneal resort on the Romanian Black Sea coast. Lying 16 kilometers away from Constanza, on the shores of Tekirjol Lake, it is open all year round. Tekirjol is known for the qualities of the mineralized salty waters and the sapropelic mud, used in the treatment of several serious or less serious conditions. With details on that, here's an inspector with Tekirgol Municipality's Projects Department, Melissa Recep. I have come to the tourism fair as part of a project. The project is themed Enhancing Tourism Attractivity in Tekirgol Balneal Resort and is carried through We Promote the Town, an operational sectorial project which has seen a very beautiful development, with a lakeshore promenade and the pier, with cycle paths, with offers of treatment with our famous mud. As we speak, we are Romania's top-of-the-chart balneal resort, and we won a great number of awards. Our treatment facilities are open all year round. Of these, the most famous is the Tekirgyol Sanatorium. Following is St. Mary Monastery, a renowned asset, also having its own treatment facility. A great many craftsmen participated in Romanian tourism fairs, autumn edition. Nicolae Lesch is the son of Dan Lesch, a porter. Nicolae promotes the tradition of pottery. The trade was handed down to me by my father and by my grandfather. We work in ceramic. We draw our inspiration from the Maramurish traditional ceramic, to which we add a significant contemporary touch, through color or through shape. We're mostly visited by foreign tourists from Germany, Belgium, France, Great Britain, the United States of America. 
Foreign tourists seem to better appreciate the potential in our region. They're very happy with what they got as they go back home. They recommend us also taking with them further afield and beyond frontiers. Our story, the story of Madame Uresh. You are listening to Radio Romania International. Time now for some music. Listen to Cleopatra Stratan with a song entitled What Do I Wear? feature of our weekly show The Future Starts Today focused on a very important topic, that of climate change and on the UN conference that looks for ways to slow down global warming. The United Nations Conference on Climate Change, held annually, relates to how the fight can be ramped up against global warming. This 27th edition, held in Sharm el-Sheikh, Egypt, is eclipsed by several crises, including in energy and food supplies in the world. Its main objective is to apply fully the Paris Accords, which are meant to limit the growth of average global temperatures to 1.5 degrees Celsius above the pre-industrial era by the end of the century. This is an extremely important objective, because going over this limit amounts to losing control over climate change, according to experts. Almost 200 countries sent representatives to the Red Sea Resort 
in a year marked by devastating floods and severe droughts, unprecedented heat waves, and disastrous wildfires and hurricanes. This is also a year during which, against the background of the Russian Federation's invasion of Ukraine, many countries had to resort to more fossil fuels for their energy needs. This comes as the United Nations Intergovernmental Group of Experts on Climate Change also tell us that CO2 emissions have to be reduced by 45% by 2030, as compared to 2010, in order to fulfill the mission set out by the Paris Accords in 2015. Measurements show that the summer of 2022 was the hottest on record in Europe, setting many temperature records, and there were 15,000 deaths on the continent have been tied to the heat waves this year. WHO experts say that climate change is already killing us, but strong action at present may prevent many more deaths. They also say that extreme temperatures are responsible for 148,000 deaths in Europe over the last 50 years. According to a UN report, the European continent is the one warming up the fastest with a rising temperature of a twice higher than the planetary average over the last 30 years. Roxana Bojariu, an expert on climate, spoke about it to Radio Romania. Da, pentru că emisiile de gaze cu efect de seră nu rămân în locul unde ele sunt transferate în atmosferă, avem o circulație generală. Greenhouse gas emissions don't stay in the place where they are put into the atmosphere. The atmosphere circulates, and these gases mix up and have a global effect. In the case of Europe, there is greater impact than in other areas of the world because of some local factors. Agriculture, especially in the south of Europe, is the worst influenced by climate change by significantly reducing water resources. We are talking mostly about the countries around the Mediterranean, which this summer felt a huge impact on water resources. High temperatures evaporate the water in the soil. Low summer rainfall also has a negative effect, so that by early 2050, in some areas of Spain, Italy and France even, we could see abandonment of farmland, which will be abandoned because, even with measures to adapt, this climate will no longer favor farming. In Romania we are also feeling this effect, but not as extensely as in Mediterranean countries. Our show continues with an exit from cultural event about a recent release by Casa Radio Publishers of three albums of conductor Cristian Macellaru. Over the last few years, Casa Radio Publishers has released three albums devoted to the internationally acclaimed conductor Cristian Macellaru. In late 2020, Casa Radio released Cristian Macellaru, the National Radio Orchestra, Tchaikovsky Dvorak. The CD is the second tribute to the highly regarded Romanian artist put out by Casa Radio Publishers and also marked the 92-year anniversary of the National Radio Orchestra. 
At the end of last year, a new CD called Romanian Chamber Orchestra Cristian Macellaro Schubert Dvorak featured Cristian Macellaro, principal conductor with the Symphonic Orchestra of the Cologne Radio Broadcasting Corporation and musical director of the National Orchestra of France at the helm of the Romanian Chamber Orchestra. Tiberiu Comandasu, music editor with Casa Radio Publishers, told us about this recent album, the outcome of the extraordinary collaboration between the conductor Cristian Macellaro and the Romanian Chamber Orchestra, the most important chamber music orchestra in Romania at the time. This is an orchestra made up of elite musicians, with soloists convened since 2019 at the initiative of the violinist Alexandru Tomescu, a soloist of the Radio Romania Orchestras and Choirs, and of violist Ladislao Cristian Andrej. Alexandru Tomescu and Ladislao Cristian Andrej are the artistic directors of the ensemble which also includes other internationally famed Romanian musicians, as well as members of the prestigious Romanian Youth Orchestra, who are now playing with the country's best orchestras. The concert that gave the name of the CD was organized by Radio Romania Music and took place during the 2020 pandemic lockdown, a concert without a live audience, but aired live. The two romantic works recorded on this occasion were Franz Schubert's String Quartet No. 14 in D minor, Death and the Maiden, arranged for string orchestra, and Antonin Dvorak's Serenade for Strings in E major, Opus 22. Beautiful music indeed, performed with much sensitivity and nuance. Tiberio Comandasu, music editor with Casa Radio Publishers, also gave us details about the Romanian conductor Cristian Macellaro, probably the most highly appreciated Romanian conductors these days worldwide. Cristian Macellaro s-a impus mai întâi și a câștigat notorietate. Cristian Macellaro's career started out in the United States, where he was first an assistant conductor and later an associated conductor of the Philadelphia Orchestra. Then he successfully replaced Pierre Boulet at the Chicago Symphony Orchestra and also began working with major European orchestras. In Romania, at the 2019 Georgia Enescu Festival, Christian Magellaro replaced Maris Janssons as conductor of the Amsterdam Royal Concertgebouw. Also in 2019, Christian Magellaro made his debut with the BBC Proms Festival in London. He also worked with the New York Philharmonic. Time now for the Romanian language lesson. Cultural and historical Bucharest never ceases to surprise us. Museums, but also quite a few memorial houses, hold pride of place in Romania's capital city's cultural heritage. The Mărtișor House in southeastern Bucharest is one such spot. As usual, we begin with a series of useful words and phrases. Proprietar, owner. Sector district, terren, plot of land, a construit, build, casa memoriale, memorial house. Now let us use some of the words and phrases above in meaningful 
communicative patterns. Poetul Tudor Arghezi a fost proprietarul casei de pe strada Mărțișor, sectorul 4, în București. The poet Tudor Arghezi was the owner of the house in Mărțișor Street, located in Bucharest's district number 4. În anul 1920, Tudor Arghezi devine proprietar al terenului unde urma să fie construită Casa Memorială. In 1920, Tudor Arghezi became the owner of the plot of land where the memorial house would be built. Casa a fost construită după planurile arhitectului George Matei Cantacuzino. The house was built according to a project created by architect George Matei Cantacuzino. That's all we have time for in this week's Romanian Without Tears. Thank you all for the interest you take in Romanian culture and for being so keen on learning Romanian with us. Goodbye. La revedere. Dear friends, that's been all from our Sunday show. I leave you in the company of music. Listen to Feli with a song entitled Remember. Until next time, it's goodbye. Fashi era mici, da tu dorai să alergi Și frica nu te oprea, din ce voiai să încerci Lumea ta afla despre basme și povești Dar chiar și până la ele tu știai cum să iubești Tu nu auzeai, tu doar ascultai Era de ajuns ce simțeai Cu ochii deschiși, visai la o lume Făceai paradis din ce aveai Și zi după zi Parcă-ți doreai din ce în ce mai tare Să fii mare, dar timpul avea răbdare Închide ochii o clipă și aduți aminte Trăiește și bucură-te chiar și din lucruri simple Nu a trecut atât de mult Păstrează suflet și în gând Clipa în care tu erai Focus on Romania. You are listening to Radio Romania International. Next in this broadcast, it's all that jazz. I'm Cristina Matescu, and today we're going to introduce you to jazz musician and composer Romeo Cosma. Let's begin with one of his compositions called Juliet, The Colors of Tears.
Romeo Cosma was born in Bucharest in 1955 and is an active member of the Romanian jazz scene. Apart from playing and writing music, he is also a dedicated teacher. Among others, he founded the jazz chair of the music school in Yash in 1994, helping discover many young talents. Let's listen next to Luisa Zan, one of Romeo Cosma's former students, playing a song composed by Cosma himself entitled Among the Clouds.
Okozma is also a founding member of the Romanian Jazz Federation and in 1992 laid the foundation of the Electronic Music Club in Iași. 32 years ago, he founded the academic jazz group formed only of students and aimed at promoting young musicians. Let's end this program with one more song composed by Romeo Cosma called Lorelei. Living Romania. You are listening to Radio Romania International. Coming up next on Radio Romania International. In the spotlight. 
Hello, dear friends, and welcome to the weekly edition of our regular feature in the spotlight. This is Daniel Bilzer, the microphone. Brussels has recently played venue for the seventh edition of the European Migration Forum, a dialogue platform on migration, asylum and migrant integration. The event has brought together roughly 200 representatives of European institutions and organizations as well as NGOs in the field of migration and refugees. One of the participants, Eugen Kojokariu, editor-in-chief with Radio Romania International, has talked to Krista Schwenk, President of the European Economic and Social Committee. Madam President, thank you so much for this interview for Radio Romania International. My first questions, the following. The subject of the European Migration Forum, the seventh meeting, is youth inclusion, key to successful migrant integration. Which is the importance of this topic nowadays? Well, first of all, we are having the European Year of Youth, so let's not forget that. Mm -hmm. And therefore, this topic was also chosen together and in unanimity uh, at the European, at the Bureau of the European Migration Forum. Huh? And uh, youth is especially important today. It is our future. And you might have heard the Commissioner saying that we are an old continent, which is totally true. And we are really dependent on migration which is why uh, the, the inclusion of young migrants really, really helps in order to feel them welcome and to make them part of the society. Which were the main ideas included in your keynote speech during this forum? And we have to add that you just had a very tough but interesting at the same time Q&A session. This is absolutely true. So the main points were importance of young migrants, the need for economic migration, the need to to overcome the current situation that we are having, and uh, to work on a more resilient uh, Europe that is fit uh, for the digital transition, for the green transition, and for the challenges that are here to come. Which are the main powers and actions of the ESC in order to help the refugees and the migrants in Europe? And a secondary question, uh, do you make differences between migrants and refugees? Um, the first question is, what are we doing? Uh, what is the main task of the European Economic and Social Committee? And here our task is quite clear. We are advising European institutions, which is uh, which we do by um, providing opinions, drawing up opinions, and delivering them to the European institutions. And I remember back in 2016, it was myself uh, putting together really best practice example when it came to the integration of refugees at the time, because that was the, 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 that, was, that was the main topic, of course. And we have seen this clear connects on the one hand between migration and asylum seekers. We do need to make this distinction because from a legal point of view, of course, these are two different issues. And what we've also called from a very early stage on since 20 years was that we need uh, legal pathways to start uh, to migrate into the European Union. But this, of course, depends on European legislation. And for the time being, this legislation is rather fractured. But uh, there is intention, and I see that more and more also political support to work towards that goal. What we did in order to help uh, Ukrainian refugees was, first and foremost, we have several organizations coming as members 
in the ESC representing organizations uh, on the on the ground, like the Polish Employers uh, and Entrepreneurs Organization, who really helped and uh, with supplying material to Ukrainians and also uh, helped Ukrainian enterprises to relocate to Europeans uh, into the European Union. Uh, we have also the Association of Large Families from Hungary, who helped big families to find uh, ways how to, to accommodate. And uh, let me also say that we, as European Economic and Social Committee, we offered um, a Ukrainian NGO called Promote Ukraine office facilities, spaces, and give them support in whatever they need in order to make them enable them to continue the important work that they are doing. Because one of the biggest fears that Ukrainians have and had mm -hmm. is that Europe starts forgetting about them and that Europe starts to forget about this war. Do you think that the European institutions and the member states could do more for the protection and inclusion of the migrants? You can always do more. <laughs> you can always do more. What is important to me is that we do what is needed and at the same time make sure that the solidarity that is also needed, because integration is not a one-way street, it's a two-way street. And this two-way street doesn't need to be blocked. Mm -hmm. And if you start doing too much, you risk that you lose the trust of your own people, which is why we need to find and strike a rather delicate balance here. Another participant in the seventh edition of the European Migration Forum, Anita Hipper, the EU Commission's spokesperson on home affairs, migration and internal security, referred to the importance of the migrants' work for the Western economies. Anita Hipper, thank you so much for accepting this interview for Radio Man International. My first question, the subject of this forum is youth inclusion key to successful migrant integration, which is the importance of the topic nowadays. First of all, good afternoon and thank you very much for, uh, for the invitation. It's a pleasure to talk to you about this uh, very uh, important uh, topic. Let me give you some, uh, some numbers like this. We have the context. We have today 37 million people living in the EU who are born outside the European Union. This is 8.4% of all EU inhabitants. Last year, we had 13% of the key workers that were born outside their member states. So they're cleaning our houses, hospitals, they work in mining, in constructions. They operate machinery in factories and they teach our children and work in technology. If all migrants stopped working tomorrow, our economies would close down immediately. This also shows that mig migrants are not them, as we say, they are part of us. So. This is why we need them and also we need the youth as a key successful component of a migration integration. Which are the main actions taken by the DG Home in order to help the refugees and migrants in Europe? It is a complex uh, question because it's not only a new competence but also member states alone decide on the number of legal migrants they wish to admit. But the EU can support them with practical and operational tools. For instance, in September 2020, the Commission has proposed to offer a comprehensive approach that is needed to manage migration and asylum in the form of the new Pact on Migration <laughs> and Asylum. It also set and improved faster procedures for both uh, asylum and migration, and it has also 
set up a balance between the principles of fair sharing and responsibility and uh, responsibility and solidarity. So we also have made good progress on the pact. Let me just give you some some pointers. For instance, we have uh, since November 2021 a revised EU blue card directive which entered into force. This is a key achievement in attracting the highly skilled talent into the EU labor market. As explained before, we deeply need that. We also have um, a joint roadmap agreed by uh, the co-legislators where we are aiming to have progress on the pact by the end of this uh, legislature. And we also have a new regulation establishing uh, the EU agency for um, asylum with a reinforced uh, mandate. Also, quite an important development um, in June 2022, we welcomed the member states' political agreement in the Council to start implementing the voluntary solidarity mechanism, which will help transferring people in need from one country to another as a form of uh, solidarity. Do you think that the EU institutions and uh, the member states could do more for the protection of the migrants? Well, uh, we start first from the law. And the law says that all EU member states are bound by international legal obligations under the Geneva Convention on the Protection of Refugees and also the EU Charter of uh, Fundamental Rights. And uh, the Commission expects that member states are compliant with the EU and international law. Anita Hipper, the EU Commission spokesperson on home affairs, migration and internal security, has wrapped up today's edition of In the Spotlight. Until next time, from me, Daniel Bilz, it's goodbye. Focus on Romania. Dear friends, Radio Romania International continues its traditional polling of listeners on shortwave, the internet and social media with a new challenge in spite of yet another complicated year. It's been difficult because of the effects of the COVID-19 pandemic and the war waged by Russia against Ukraine, of rocketing prices of energy, the famine in some parts of the world and also the growing inflation which has turned everyday living into a burden for many people around the globe. We would like to ask you which person you think left their imprint on the world in a positive way in 2022. We are preparing to designate, based on your options, the personality of the year 2022 on Radio Romania International. Who could this person be and, more importantly, why? Would it be a public figure or somebody unknown to the larger audience but with a special story? It's up to you to decide as usual. You can send your answers by commenting on our website at rri.ro by email at engl at rri.ro on our Facebook profile on WhatsApp at plus 40744312650 and by fax at 00402131900. We recall that in 2021 we did not have a personality of the year, but people of the year on Radio Romania International as medical workers were designated the world's best citizens for being in the front line against the COVID-19 pandemic, together with those who developed vaccines against COVID-19. The personality of the year 2022 on Radio Romania International will be announced online and in our shows on January the 1st, 2023.
with that, our broadcast in English for listeners in Western Europe and Africa has come to an end. You can listen to our next program for Western Europe at 1800 hours UTC on 7350 kHz in the DRM system and on 9770 kHz in analog system. Listeners in Africa can receive our programs tomorrow at 1200 hours UTC on 17821470 kHz. We can also be heard on the internet at ri.ro channel 1. If you have any comments or suggestions, please write an email at engl at ri.ro. Goodbye. <laughs>